0: Hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca Gagan, and this is Waving Not Drowning, a UVic Bounce podcast. Today's episode is being recorded on the unceded and unsurrendered territories of the Wasanich and Lekwungen peoples. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of season two of Waving Not Drowning. Before saying a bit more about this amazing episode that you are about to hear, I just want to take a minute to thank the incredible team that I work with here at UVic Bounce. Without them, these episodes simply wouldn't be possible. So I'd like to thank Izzy Almashi, our incredible uh, sound editor and producer, Madison James, who does our wonderful Instagram accounts and so much more, Ray Dawson, who's been working on transcripts and research for UVic Bounce, and also Delisha Jacobs, who is working with uh, promotion and research for Waving Not Drowning and UVic Bounce. I'm so deeply grateful to this team and profoundly appreciative of all that they do for UVic Bounce and Waving Not Drowning. In today's episode, I talk with Zerida Atwine. Originally from Kampala in Uganda, Zerida is a recent graduate with a Bachelor of Civil Engineering from the University of Victoria. She currently works as a Civil Engineering Analyst, engineer in training in Vancouver, BC. While at UVic, Zerida served the UVic community in various positions within the Civil Engineering Department and the UVic Student Society. During a co-op term in the pandemic, she was challenged to restart the Canadian Society for Civil Engineering chapter, and without hesitation, she took it on. Since serving as the chapter president in 2021 and 2020, the chapter is now fully functional and has successfully grown a large membership to provide a supportive community for all civil engineering undergraduate and graduate students. Her time at UVic also helped her develop a desire to mentor and impact others. This led her to pursue part-time tutoring of students in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. With all this leadership experience and a love for education, Zarada plans to eventually start her own engineering consulting firm, start a foundation focused on supporting the younger generation in Uganda, interested in STEM in Uganda, and own a tutoring company. She is only starting and is ready to take on the world. In our conversation, Zerida shares her story of coming to BC uh, from Uganda as an international student and studying engineering at not one, but two different schools. Over the course of our conversation, Zerida shares how very early on in her post-secondary experience, she adopted a particular approach to her studies. As an international student and as a Black woman, Zerida decided that she was going to take up space in her studies. And what this meant for Zerida was that she was going to say yes to all of the opportunities that were presented to her. She was going to treat her studies like a job she was going to actively uh, pursue opportunities, connections, and possibilities for growth. For Zerida, this at once means taking up space, often as the only Black woman in her classes. And it also means taking up space by actively claiming your education as your own. Zerida's approach to her university studies is at once inspiring and pragmatic. She shares how, when she would encounter an obstacle or a problem, she would find a solution through actively seeking out support, resources, and guidance from her mentors, her family, and from all those who were invested in her flourishing at university. As she explains, this also meant that when she needed support with her mental health, she actively took up space in that arena too. She laughs explaining that if anyone were to look at the logs for the phone calls to support Connect, that surely um, she would rank as one of the top users. In our conversation, Zerida defines what it meant for her as an African woman studying in Canada to take up space in her university studies. But I think what she really gets at and what is so useful to listeners here is how Zerida really um, pragmatically explains the importance of adopting this approach in order to support and really activate your own flourishing in your studies. Zerida says that taking up space might well be her mantra and she credits it with helping her to thrive in her studies and to achieve her dreams. I'm Rebecca Gagan here today with Zerida Atwine and this is Waving Not Drowning. Sarada. welcome. It's so wonderful to have you here tonight to share some of your story with us.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor.
0: And I understand that you graduated very recently, so uh, I guess June of 2022. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your degree and a little bit more about what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, so I had a pretty gruesome (laughs) degree program that took six years from 2016 to 2022. I originally started as a transfer student at Langara College. I did one year there and then eventually transferred to UVic um, out of my spirit of adventure I wanted to try out a new city. I'd never had a Victoria or the island. And so I chose UVIC, even though I got both UVIC and UBC. And with all the hard work and community support, family support, I successfully graduated in on 16th June 2022, just a few months well,
0: congratulations. back. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. And I so can't wait much. to
0: hear more about that story and that uh, in, yeah. and you know transferring from Langara and moving. And yeah. so um you're back now in Vancouver, Vancouver, is that right? Yep. And what are what are you doing in Vancouver? Like what have you been doing since graduation?
1: So since I graduated, I traveled for two months with my twin sister and then eventually started a full-time civil engineering role as an engineering training in mining consulting uh, with Osenko, uh, based in Vancouver, Canada. And so that's been a very good experience so far and I have an awesome manager, awesome team, so yeah.
0: And it did take you very long to find full-time work.
1: So I would say my school experience um, and just putting myself out there mm-hmm. made me stand out to the, uh, to the point that I was, I didn't have to apply. And I'm very grateful for that opportunity because I was worried about, you know, having to search for full-time roles after school, but in March, before I was even done with school, I was referred for a role and I got a full-time role in March and eventually finished school in April. So I was all good to go. So you had that set up
0: actually prior yeah. to, oh, oh that is so wonderful. And yes. how are you feeling about being back in Vancouver?
1: It's different from when I was here in 2016, of course, uh, you know, high cost of leaving. Uh, well, a lot uh, has changed since twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything's gone through the roof. But it's it's nice to be back. I love like the busy nature of of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. However, like I appreciated the the calm nature of Victoria. It was a very good environment for school. So,
0: and sometimes I forget about that. That even just the difference between Victoria and Vancouver. That Vancouver is like the big city, even though we. We live in a city in in Victoria, but uh, yeah. not quite the same as as being in Vancouver. Well, yeah. um, Zerda, I'm wondering if you would take us back to mm-hmm. 2016, uh, mm-hmm. to the start of your uh, time here at, actually, you can start with uh, Langara, I guess, maybe, and just sort of Uh, because I think, you know, share with us a bit about making that transfer. You said that it was your spirit of adventure. And I'm curious to hear more about um, making the move to Victoria and what prompted that. And then just, you know, sort of, you know, if you don't mind, just kind of, yeah, just tell us your undergrad story, I guess.
1: Sure. So I came on my own from Uganda. Um, 2016 in um, August, and my parents were very supportive, um, and they, you know, wanted me to go and discover the world, and so they presented me the opportunity to come to to um, Canada, and I chose Langara first because I didn't get into UBC Engineering straight away, so I needed to brush up my grades. And Langara was like the best opportunity for that. So I got there and it was a very big transition, like cultural shock, Uh, you know, from Uganda and here, everything here was like 10 times faster. And like, you know, you have to run for the train and get the bus and grocery shop. So it was an intro to adulting. Uh, and uh I I hadn't really been on my own own alone Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so I had time Langara was a very good opportunity for me to do that in a smaller setting Mm -hmm. compared to like going straight into university where you're dealing with about 300 other students in your class so here I had about you know maximum 50 and so I grew that community you know a good group Mm -hmm. of friends who we we always did homework together or we, you know, went and discovered the city together. And I, just because I was a bit extroverted, then I made it a mission to actually make friends because there was no other way to survive. Mm. I, you know, got my own community, my own family here of friends and yeah, we sailed through that brutal <laughs> program it's it's a very tough program actually um, six courses you know for each term and you almost have no you know no breaks and mm. fast pace so yeah that was Langara in a nutshell and just when I was about to leave I had to think of schools where I had to complete my degree mm-hmm. and so I applied to UBC, Okanagan, UBC, Vancouver, and University of Victoria. I'm not so sure how I thought about Victoria, to be honest. I, I don't remember how it came into my mind, but I just checked for schools in BC and I had never heard of Victoria and I was like, oh, it's on an island. Okay, let's check that out. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a traveler. I love new things. I love doing things that scare me and you know being in places I've never been uh, you know so I say let's take a risk I know it's going to be five more years mm-hmm. of school but you know it could be who knows until you try yeah uh, but I was so happy that I made the decision to go to UVic because it was it still had a bit of a smaller setting Mm -hmm. but you also had an opportunity to get in touch with the department and you know there's not too many students compared to UBC so yeah I guess that's a good summary.
0: It's very interesting to me because I've been having conversations with prospective UVic students or post-secondary students and um, one of the things that's come up a bit is is trying to land like trying to find a place where you can thrive like so Mm -hmm. outside of trying to think about prestige of the school or any of those things also trying to think about will you flourish in a place that's maybe smaller uh that you know think about the city where you might be moving to um, do you have support in that particular place? And it sounds to me like, while Langara wasn't the first choice. It was, it sounds like it was like the best choice for you, like the best place where you landed in that it was smaller. You got to a chance to really build community there uh, to build that support. And then it seems, you know, It was your uh, spirit of adventure, but also your interest in being somewhere that also was maybe a bit small, like not as big as UBC, that sort of brought you to UVic. And I think it's so important, it seems to me, to be consciously thinking about those places where, like when you're picking a school, to not forget that you need to think about the size of the school, um and those kinds of things that can really make a difference to how how you thrive
1: yeah so I mean this is there's like two realizations that I had when I was doing the transfer in in like university in general universities will always have ranks and you know um, their their brands in 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 short so you You're going to the university, but what are you going to get out of it? So I made sure wherever I went, whether it was big or small, I made the most of all the opportunities that were presented to me, because I could have gone to UBC as well, and I could have made the most of it, but I wanted a change of environment, Uh, uh, just, you know, my adventurous nature, and I, I had no idea about Victoria, but it turned out great. But I made the most of my university time there and took advantage of all the events and, you know, volunteering positions and things like that. So it's not always about, you have to consider, you know, the size and, you know, the prestige, but you, you're going to the university and you need to make the most of it. Mm. So. So
0: tell me more about that, um, Zerida. Tell me about your time in uh, civil engineering at UVic and Mm -hmm. some of the experiences you had and maybe some of the challenges that you experienced and
1: how you coped with them. Sure. So before going to UVic, I didn't know anybody in Victoria. No, nobody. And so I, you know, went to school, and asked a lot of questions mm-hmm. I made sure I nagged whoever I had to nag because that was another thing I realized you have to ask questions if you don't ask then the answer is always going to be no mm-hmm. so I always asked questions and they the first opportunity actually that was presented to me uh, was like being a civil engineering student representative just from my cohort and that was the very first term that I I joined UVic and I love to volunteer so I said it's probably not not too heavy of a commitment on top of my school load Mm -hmm. but I'm happy to do it because it might introduce me to the professors Mm -hmm. and maybe I can do co-ops with them or They could be my references, who knows? Mm -hmm. And so I just started from that long-term mindset of creating connections with these professors and being, you know, Ugandan, African, I didn't see that as a hindrance because, I mean, you, you have to, you have to think big, Mm -hmm. think big, go big, go home.
0: I love it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I just took advantage of that opportunity, and that introduced me to, you know, multiple professors to the Mm -hmm. point that the entire department knew my name.
0: And it sounds like they knew it early on.
1: Yes, they did, because I kept volunteering over and over for this same position, even though it wasn't too much, you know, attend a few meetings in a time. But they would see your face and you'd speak on behalf of the students and pass on messages to your fellow um, colleagues in class,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which also helped me improve my public speaking and not, you know, be shy in front of my fellow colleagues. And we needed to do a lot of public speaking anyway, mm-hmm. um, you know, during our courses. So, yeah, I started with that opportunity and eventually ended up as a chapter president for... Canadian Society for Civil Engineering at UVic and yeah and then now I'm here working so those were my two very big opportunities at UVic that I volunteered specifically in the department but they created some of the most valuable connections for me that helped me you know get my first role you know very quickly.
0: And it sounds like you went into the Degree with that mindset that you were going to say yes to opportunities that were presented to you, but also, or and also that you, um, you were thinking big from the beginning. So you were, I mean, you'd already done your, you know, your year. Was it two years or at Langara or one year?
1: So one year of the transfer, then. One year, um, you know, to get used to the Canadian system. Right. So two years in total. Yeah, two
0: years. And so, so you've done that. I mean, so you've had experience as a post-secondary student. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure informed your, your sort of sense that you hit the ground running in a way, and that you you were thinking big, but you were thinking big not just about well, what's the end result here, right? Like okay um not thinking big in terms of um necessarily the profession but you were thinking big in terms of well who knows where these connections can lead me in terms of um getting to know faculty and um but also i think when you said oh i i asked a lot of questions that's also i would i would say a kind of thinking big right? Because you were wanting to also make the most of your experience, right? And that you, you seem to have a sense early on that this is going to be what I make of it in a certain way, right? And so I'm going to take advantage of everything that is available to me. And I'm going to ask for things and I'm going to ask questions.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I went with that mindset right from the start. I've I mean I've always been a go-getter, but then at some point you sit and you're like, I don't want to just come out of this with a degree. Mm-hmm. I need to come out of this with connections, accomplishments, you know, memories. Like, you know, it's your experience. You, you're making the most of your time at the university. The university is there, they have their rank, but you know, go and enjoy and like, you know, make, develop your skills. It's the, it's the time you have for your growth, you know, improve your public speaking, improve, you know, how, how to make friends, you know, even the simplest thing, how do I approach a stranger, you know, how do I work with somebody whose work ethic I have no idea about, you mm-hmm. know, so things like that.
0: And I think too, as as you're saying, uh, it's, it sounds to me as if you had decided that you weren't going to be a passive recipient of your education, like, okay, sure. I could go there and get the degree. The degree is there, right? Um, And so you're active in a certain sense, but I I think what you're saying, Zerida, is that you realized that you had to build your own education. Like it was there, but you had to be the creator and you could be the creator.
1: Oh, yes, yeah. And there was another, uh, what was it called? It was some, I think, Uvic alumni connect. It used to be there a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I love just trying random things. And so I see, I see that, and I'm like, oh, I'm in civil engineering, and I would love to meet people who have done engineering at Uvic, Uh, not necessarily civil. But I asked so many questions. I I met up with them. I you know, set up meetings in between classes, you know, just to meet up with them and tell them, and I asked them, what do you think makes the students stand out? And they're saying, they said, you know, do you volunteer? What do you do outside of the class time? Like, outside of homework and, you know, doing your assignments and projects? What have you done at the university? And so those were my motivations, you know, I asked the questions and Informed myself and then took advantage of whatever opportunities were presented at you like
0: and did you find i mean i I know that there is a very heavy course load um in engineering, and that engineering students are feel a lot of pressure and are juggling a lot and now, um Zareta, you are also doing all of this work, uh, volunteer work, and as you say, making connections. How did you? how did you juggle all of that and did you you know did you run into any obstacles along the way um doing your degree i'm just sort of curious about how you managed the stress of all of that
1: yeah so i mean i started small so just like as a student representative and i understood like that's very minimal commitment so just attending a few meetings but you still take advantage of that and you just say hi to a professor who could be your professor in fourth year who mm-hmm. knows okay. right yeah things are just a small hi, and then eventually that connected me to the professor who I worked for on a co-op term and he's the one who gave me the chapter to head but ah, okay yeah so that's that's how it started and but I met him in second year, like when I joined UVic, I went up to him and asked him a few questions about like the course, it was a concrete class. And I, you know, it was not a very fruitful conversation, but I was like, he's very inspiring to me. I really want to work with him in the future. And I just kept showing interest here and there, here and there um, you know, not spending too much time, you know, say, one hour in an entire week you know that's it's good it's a lot with like our course load but Mm. I always try to appreciate things outside class because if I always focused on the school the class material is just going to be stressed all the time Mm. I try to look for the good things the fun things about my program you know like what cool things do we build you know like oh bridges is a bridge competition okay that can help me understand concrete more I don't necessarily. I know the concrete class is very complicated, but I don't want to hate it, so I'm going to do something fun related to it, you know, yeah, things like yeah. that to distract myself as a little break and then come back. Then you know, you kind of get um, move away from like the love-hate relationship. Same with like the courses that you hate, uh, yeah, because some of them were really concrete. Was a very challenging class for me, but. Most of my volunteering was done in concrete, funnily. And I ended up in a co-op, concrete co-op terms. So that helped me enjoy it more, even though it was, you know, challenging in class. And it helped me pass the class eventually. So just like taking small breaks, you know, like an hour, maybe go speak to friends. Victoria is beautiful. And I always went for like walks mm-hmm. um, downtown But just understanding the power of taking small breaks Mm -hmm. and also finding things that are fun and cool related to like your, you know, your material or your program. And yeah, and volunteer in that and maybe I can make you fall in love with it. So I would say that helped me a lot because all the fun things I did were related to my program and I ended up loving it, however hard it was.
0: I love this advice, Zerida, because you know on two fronts. So first of all, you're saying, well, with the volunteering, you know how okay. Here's how I started to do that. I started really small, and it was just you know one hour a week. But that that led, you know, one thing led to another. It led to all of these other connections. And I think, you know, I certainly feel this, um, you know, as a as a faculty member. But I, I think students feel this too. You can feel sometimes. Um, just so overwhelmed, like in this arena, like, oh, you have to go big or it's not worth it, right? There's nothing you can do. You, um, you know, you take on this huge, you know, volunteering role, or um, I, I think there just can be a way in which you can feel really overwhelmed by adding something else in, because it feels like, well, then I will be drowning, right? I can't possibly take on something else. And yet what you're saying is, okay, well, but I just kind of dipped my toe in a little bit and did mm-hmm. something small to start, but then that led to other things. And it wasn't burdensome. In fact, it was a distraction that was sort of nourishing, right? Because it gave me something else to do. And yeah. and then when you said, well, no, I didn't, I knew the concrete class would be really hard is it really it's a class called concrete
1: no there were multiple concrete classes in oh, the so like that's year like
0: a, because you're you have to obviously you can see I know nothing <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah.
0: but of course you need to learn about concrete right so there's multiple sections yeah. multiple parts of that
1: yes okay yeah so there's multiple classes there's a class in second year and there's uh, some in third year and then as well in, in the fourth year uh, so just there's so many components to it and right. okay. I had never really gotten my hands dirty and I was like let me get my hands dirty you know and see what yeah. this thing actually looks like. like how do you actually construct like in the field and yeah like a bridge you know? like- yeah like a bridge like how do you do how do you put rebar how do you you know my curiosity. I was, you know, curious. Not that I, it went perfect all the time. I, I mean, I started small. You know, you have to adjust your commitment and know your energy bank, and you say, okay, I can't do too much of this. I'll only commit to this, and I, I struggled with like managing my time at the at the start, but eventually, just like anything else, you eventually like. know balance it out and you know okay this time is set for this and school class time is this and you get some good personal management eventually Uh, but then when I started committing more and more to these volunteering roles it was no longer a burden I made time for them because I knew their value Mm -hmm. and how much they had already brought me far into you know the exposure to my community so yeah, I always made time for it. You know, if it meant cutting out, you know, some social activities, I did because I kind of knew the value of what I was doing.
0: I really like your advice as well about, okay, you know, not loving the concrete course or maybe, you know, it's challenging. So I'm going to find something fun to do that's an activity that's related to it that actually will help me to get through this hard piece or this piece that maybe doesn't interest me as much or, um, you know, that you find challenging. Again, I think, you know, when students find themselves struggling with a course for all kinds of reasons, and maybe it can be just like, you know, I'm not interested in this and I have to take it. Um, You know, I hear this even from my son, who's in high school, and he he's like, oh, you know, that course doesn't. I, I don't know. I'm so bored by it. And it's like, well, but in life, you you know, it's a part of a degree program. You know, you will have to take things that, y- you know, you won't be interested in, and there are parts of any job that will bore you and that you're not going to love or that you find challenging. Um, and you have to find ways of getting through those pieces. And it sounds to me sort of like your you know, entering the bridge competition or whatever it was, was your way of trying to do that. And I think it's so brilliant because um, it was sort of, it sounds counterintuitive, like do more of the thing you kind of don't like, but that's what you did. And um, it just is, I think it's just such excellent advice for students to find some small piece of that that you could attach to that was joyful or um, interesting, right? Yeah,
1: it made me appreciate my program, but also my biggest motivator, because there were classes that I did and I absolutely hated them. But my biggest motivator was like, I don't have the time to ever repeat this class. And that is a good motivator. (laughs) I really don't have another term to extend this six-year program to do this class again. And so I always made sure I I told myself, yes, you don't like it, but you're going to do it and you're going to excel in it. Um, That was my experience in one of my statistics classes. I absolutely failed my first midterm, 40%. -hmm. And that was the biggest shocker in my life. I said, I never want to see this grade again. I bought the textbook, went home and studied every night until I ended up with an A class just to make sure I never repeated the class. So just helping students understand you won't always do what you like. That's, mm-hmm. you won't always do what you like. You know, it's not always, ah, oh, you know, I want to do things that, you know, excite me. And it's it's the program, like do it, finish. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you can, specialize in that like mm-hmm. you know I'm not doing anything related to statistics right now you know thankfully so <laughs> <laughs> thankfully so I'm focused on you know other you know silver related uh things and maybe if I have to do something related to statistics and it's for the job then I'll have to change my attitude you know you always have to be flexible because life is not always what you want right mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I just, I also, I just really love this. Like I never, I so disliked it and I never wanted to have to do it again. So it's like the determination to just get through that and to yeah. pass it. And obviously you did more than pass it, but I think that's also a very good motivation in that like, this is difficult. I don't enjoy this. I need to get this done and not see this again.
1: Yeah, that, that that's actually took me through a lot of my courses so and that
0: that is okay right I think that exactly like I think we can dispel the sort of myth that you have to love every course you're doing or you know um that that the simple truth is there will be courses just as there will be work that you do that you just don't like and that you have to do it for whatever reason right in this case to get the degree And Mm -hmm. so finding a way to get through it um, can be, is really essential, which doesn't mean that you have to come to love it. You just have to find a way to get through it. And it sounds like that was a way that you, you were always sort of working to figure out um, how to do that. And that that was part of, you know, coping with a very stressful program.
1: Yeah, because I had to make sure all my course is sort of balanced, right? I can't have like flying high A's and an F. I said, I have to make sure they're balanced somehow, Mm -hmm. you know? And how am I going to do that? If it means me showing almost equal interest in all of them or equal efforts, I'm going to do that because I need to get to the next level and the next level and the next level. So I always kind of thought of it that way. Like, I'm not going to do this course forever. So let me do it, finish, move on.
0: Now, Zerida, I, I know that beyond the very intense uh, degree that you did, that um in that degree, there are, and this isn't just at UVic, this is across the board, not uh, many women. And also not very many black women who Mm -hmm. are in those uh, degree programs in engineering. And I'm just wondering if you um, just wanted to share a little bit about your experience in that regard.
1: So, I mean, my first interest in engineering in general, started with my father my my father was a city planner for Kampala the capital city of Uganda and we always he always used to come back and you know draw building plans and we would sit down and actually discuss them and you know talk about the structural know-how of like a building and we, we would just have like intense discussions you know, about planning and politics and things like that.
0: And how old would yeah. you have been at this time, Zerida? I Like your whole life?
1: No, not really my whole life. I mean, from when I was young, I started, like, when things would break, they would always come to me to fix them. Like, I would fix all the computers, fix all the bikes, fi- fix everything. I fixed everything at home, right? And just that problem-solving nature, I think, was, you know, a good factor for me but around the age of like I guess like 10 yeah from like 10 10 years old I just was always fascinated by like buildings and things going up in the sky from like nowhere and I would discuss those things with my dad I'm like oh look at that that looks really cool so he was my mentor during this entire program and and uh my interest when i was younger he got me into technical drawing and this is all in uganda and Mm -hmm. so when i came to canada i you know was the only african in 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 my class and it was a big you know big shock and i'm like okay that's fine it came with its own challenges you know Uh, you know change of environment and racism and things like that but not to downplay you know some of the the effects of some of you know of those things on you know minorities in like Canada I can only speak for Canada Hmm. at some point you have to take ownership and say no you have to Tell yourself, this is not going to matter to me in, like, the next five minutes, five hours, five, you know, however long. And you have to make the decision to, you know, deal with it there and then and, you know, just go on with your life. It's it's just a harsh reality and, like, mm-hmm. y- you being alone, you can't really do so much. I mean systems are put in place and so the only way you can thrive take advantage you know like what's there oh can am I eligible for that okay I'll take it up Mm -hmm. you know like you have to say no you really have to give yourself you have a hard talk and be like I'm going to take advantage I know I'm a minority here and that's a hard talk that I had with myself I know I'm a minority But I'm going to take up space that that's literally my motto take up space for real anywhere I go till today I'm you know I'm the only African engineer that I've seen so far in 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 my office Mm -hmm. at least female Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's been it's been the case everywhere I've gone Mm -hmm. every all the co-ops I've done everything Mm -hmm. but my theme is that I've taken up space. People know Zerda. Like, you know, my, my like I made sure I took advantage of the opportunities. And there were moments where I cried and you know, some things would get to me, but I took advantage of like support systems. Like UVic had the counseling. There was a site, I I've forgotten the name, but I mm, always uh, support Connect
0: is support. Yes, connect. that's the yeah. one. Yeah. And I
1: always like if I wanted to cry, if it was related to class, or, mm-hmm. you know, everyday experiences, or, you know, relationships, or anything, I always called somebody, talked, you know, if I needed to cry about it, cried about it there, and then mm-hmm. found a solution, they gave me ways to, you know, cop, and I, you know, kept going, mm-hmm. because you, you can only hold yourself in, like, the victim mode for so long, mm-hmm. and, like I said earlier, it's not to downplay, but you really have to say no. You have to say no and be assertive and take up space mm-hmm. where you can. Find out if you're eligible or anything and just do it. I'm I i I'm just grateful to UVic and my parents, you know, being my mentors. They were my mentors the entire way. I called my dad every time I had, you know, some challenging coursework would have a discussion about it and he would recommend things that I needed to like study just to get a holistic view even though there are some things I really didn't like or didn't want (laughs) to study for yeah like I'm not interested in seismic which is earthquake engineering yeah but I did it in the last term of my degree and it's helped me right now in my role so (laughs) you know like just having that support system taking advantage of like counseling it's always good to talk to somebody it's it's not a sign of weakness i always did it i don't know how many times if they could do logs of how many times i called <laughs> I, would, I would probably have one of the highest counts because anytime i felt low i didn't want to dwell too much in that Emotion, mm-hmm. you know, and I still do it till today. So well,
0: yeah. and thank you, Zara. Thank you so much for sharing that. For saying that, that you every time you were feeling the like the need to to share those feelings, you did. You picked up the phone, or you know, it's because you can do it online, do it on the phone. And mm-hmm. you know, if you're listening to this and you're you're not a UVic student, you're you know somewhere else. These um, sort of online or telephone counseling services exist free, um, and there, are, you know, there are crisis lines, but there are other um, uh, law services like Support Connect that you can call. And I think that you had the approach, Sarah, to counseling that you had to everything in your whole degree, which was that I'm taking up space. And that means I'm also taking up space, calling support connect (laughs) and, you know, addressing this now, asking my questions, um, just not sort of hesitating to use all of the services available to you, but also in that same way to create and really build and be such an active participant in your degree you were always so active and evening, even in the, in the way you um, really supported your own mental health. It sounds like to me that you, you're just like, no, this service is here. I'm calling this service. You know,
1: I'm, I'm <laughs> going to do this. Yes. Yeah. It was a very hard program, but if I didn't take advantage of some of the support systems that were In place Mm -hmm. at at school you know surround yourself with friends Mm -hmm. and if I didn't do that I don't think I would be where I was to be honest I had a very small group of friends I had support connect I had my family I had found fun things to do outside of class taking taking small breaks you know Uh, if it means going with a couple of friends and crying about this assignment, which you haven't started, that's due in two hours. That was my reality almost all the time. You know, you find out about a homework assignment two hours before before it's due because you had no idea, no idea. And, you you know, you cry for the first 30 minutes and figure it out for the rest, the other one and a half hours, and you get it done and you move on. So we always had to be upbeat and Mm quick, like, Find a prob- uh, Find a solution to a problem. So,
0: yeah, it seems just hearing you and hearing your stories. Or er, it seems that you, you always addressed things. I guess it's like you know, yeah. okay, here's a situation or here's a problem or, you know, um, you just were always again like I keep coming back to this word of like active that you were actively um, experiencing your education. Which yeah. means that you, as you say, like you felt everything in that moment, right? and but then you were dealing with it, right? Yeah. So that, okay, like, I, you know, am, am very um distressed in this moment. I am going to deal with this, and then I will get on with, you know, the next thing, and that it wasn't sort of, as you say, putting things aside or waiting for something to happen. You actively supported uh, your mental health, but also, you know, just in terms of your whole degree, it sounds like from the very beginning, <laughs> you had this approach, which you've described as think as think big, but I think it was um just as I say, this this very clear mindedness around how you were gonna do this, and yeah. that taking up space um, as a student, but also as you know an african woman in this program where you're a minority you also decided there okay i'm taking like from very early on this is this is the system this is the reality and as you've said many times not to downplay any of that but that you had to find a way to deal with it and that you, like all the way like that you had to Um, very early on make decisions about how you were going to address it and for you that was okay my way of being now is that I am taking up space and I love how you said (laughs) even in the very first term everyone knew your name
1: oh yeah yeah like I made sure I made sure of that I volunteered for that position you know Still, you know, being the only African, I didn't want to dwell too much on that. You know, I was like, you're, you stand out. So stand out then, like you already stand out. So just make it even more known, like, you know, why not? Like the world is your playground.
0: Hearing you, it sounds like you put yourself actively in a position where you were in charge, right? you're driving the bus, right? So that (laughs) you were the one making the choices, making the calls, making the decisions about how this was gonna go as part of taking up space. But that, to me, that sounds like you claimed power, like you took power.
1: Yeah, because you, you, like, what are you gonna do? I I didn't want to come out to the degree with just my paper. I, I I made it a point right from the first time. I said, I'm going to have the best memories. I got to travel for free to Edmonton, you know, Toronto, just through the engineering program Mm -hmm. and, you know, for conferences on leadership and diversity in engineering. And Mm -hmm. that was all because I, you know, filled out a form and they're looking for people to represent the university. And I said, I, they don't know me, but I went in the first time that I went to UVic, I was already representing and I said, oh, it's this easy. Let's keep doing it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And were you able in
0: your role, Zerida, um, when you were, mm-hmm. it was president of the Canadian
1: Society for Civil Engineering.
0: And do they have many women in that role?
1: No, I actually, so the chapter was not, was not functioning for about two years. Yeah. And so during my co-op with one of my professors who I met in one of the meetings, the department meetings, he, during our co-op time, he said, oh, you know, I've had this chapter. It's not been, you know, working for the past two years. Would you be interested in restarting it? I had no clue no contact I didn't know how to start you know a chapter at a university not this is not a college this is a university like and it's a national chapter so every university in Canada has that chapter so I started I I just told him yes I'll do it so you know who would be my first point of contact like you know just to get information and I, I did my research um so I didn't I had no information, had never heard of it either, and I just said yes. And that's the same professor who recommended me for my job that I have right now. So it's it's yeah. just say yes to things that scare you. It's okay to be scared, but just do it anyway. Like it's you know, you'll find out. You'll find out on the way. So like, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? Yeah.
0: Yes. 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 And and were you able <laughs> yeah. to do in that roles or that did you were you able to do um any advocacy around like women in engineering or anything like that
1: yeah um there were i mean i guess i i had a vice president who was female she was a graduate student actually and then we got more female engineering students mm-hmm. to be on the committee and so you know it felt more like you know home and it was nice to see you know female engineers Mm -hmm. you know get participating yeah you know in the school and the school community and just getting them involved and now you know we just spread out the message and you know got them to express interest and got them active and Mm -hmm. in the roles and it was a really good chapter to head Mm -hmm. even though you know it was scary but i had a good you know community of female engineers and and the men too Mm -hmm. so we all worked you know very well together and we had an awesome advisor who was my professor Um, he was the advisor for the chapter amazing amazing gentleman and he always pushed for us the female engineering students you know to take up these these positions so, yeah, and then on a national scale, there were a lot of female engineering students as well who were in these roles. So, yeah, I didn't pay too much, you know, attention to it, but it was really nice to see us, you know, taking up, taking up space. Taking up
0: space. Yeah. Well, um, it, I know that we've covered a lot of ground here and you've offered really just so much um, wonderful words of, wisdom and support and tips but I end every conversation the same way which is if you were to uh, offer uh, words of support to students just starting their degrees in whatever program um, what what would you say to them
1: that's a very good question because I have a sister who's just about start university okay so, so <laughs> yeah so I would say it's okay not to know what you want to do
0: mm-hmm. that's the
1: first thing that I would say I figured out that I loved or was interested in civil engineering at the end of my second year mm-hmm. you won't even believe that that's like you're already really deep in the problem mm-hmm. so it's okay not to know what you want to do but don't dwell on that seek advice and say what are my options i'm interested you know speak to an advisor i always spoke to the advisors all the co-op advisors in the co-op office (laughs) i made sure i asked all the questions i could you know i could ask and you know you know what does this degree give me you know what can i where what fields can i work in you know like ask just ask so ask a lot of questions. It's okay not to know. And yeah, if you need to cry, if you need to, you know, feel whatever emotion, make, you know, embrace it, like feel it, but with like the right support system, right? Um, yeah, don't do dwell too much on it. You have... 86,400 seconds in a day. So you have to make sure you make all you know the you know the most of it. <laughs> you know you have to enjoy your life. That's 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 my mantra. That's a very and... precise
0: number, Zerida, That you <laughs> that you know that, and you. Heard... Okay, I
1: I I didn't. <laughs> I remember that from all the multiplication we had to do. So yeah, is you that have... something you learn in engineering? we had to apply it somewhere yes okay. yeah <laughs> well
0: at least it's it's very um it's this sort of confrontation with your mortality as well right <laughs> it's like this is how many um you know it was how many That's seconds good. in a day yeah yeah i recently read a book um called 4000 weeks and yeah. you can figure out how many weeks you have left in your life and yeah. um yeah i've got like sc- a little bit over no a little bit less than two thousand but it's always less than what people think uh yeah. like people when they're asked oh how many weeks do you do you live people will s- give some number in the six figures and it's like no yeah like it's way less than that so uh being mindful of that uh it it sort of makes me nervous but at the same time it's probably a, g- a good thing to know how many seconds there are in a day
1: yeah like you don't yeah th- like don't dwell too much you know it's, I mean, feel what you have to feel, but have a solution for it. Maybe I'm too solution-minded, and but I can say it's been the biggest help because I, no matter what, deadlines are always going to be there. So you always have to, you know, you have to keep moving. That would, that would be my advice. Yeah, it's okay not to know. Feel whatever emotions you have to get your support system. Yeah, and. Enjoy, you've enjoy university. I wish I could do it all over again. Even though I just came out, I really <laughs> miss university so much. I I really do. Like I want. I wish I could go back and like do some things more. But you know, I'm I'm grateful, and I don't regret you know my experience.
0: And I think you'd probably also say, "Uh, take up space."
1: Take up space. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's Zerdo's motto. Yeah, yes, think I think upside. that
0: we should all adopt Zerda's uh, motto. <laughs> and, um, I yeah. hope that many students do. And um, I know that you have to get up early for work tomorrow. So I am not going to keep <laughs> you uh, any longer so that you can um, be rested and ready to to tackle the world tomorrow. Um, yes. But it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today, Zerda, And I... Mm-hmm. Um, know with great certainty that um, our listeners are just going to find your words so supportive and so helpful and I have learned a lot from you today and I just really want to thank you for for being here and sharing your story with us.
1: Awesome thank you so much for the opportunity and I hope uh, you know students listening to this will be blessed and yeah just go and take up space.
0: Thanks, Sarada. Good night. Yeah, good night. Bye. You can keep listening to episodes of Waving Not Drowning on Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. We'd love it if you would give us a like and a follow on Instagram at uvicbounce. Tune in next week for another great conversation. Until then, be well.
1: Go!